The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38.5 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I am Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. And today we are going to review the Crimson Court expansion pack universal cards we had just finished talking about the faction with gerard the professor and now we're going to move on but before we do that we want to talk about some tournaments that are coming up i particularly want to talk about this one called the hunts end underworlds tournament this will be conducted on vassal this weekend the uh the tournament is being Set up by Taylor Huss, who's uh, Brandon Huss's son, who is a listener of the show, friend of ours. That He is uh, doing his uh, Eagle Scout project, and he needs to raise some money to make sure that that happens. So he's running a Vassal uh, Clash. If you want to get on that, make sure that you contact him on, uh, I think on Discord. His uh, handle is Hussman with two N's, 77. And uh, he has a he has a PayPal thing to help him out with that. If you want to make donations, that is uh, this weekend starting at uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, it starts nine o'clock in the morning on July thirty first. But you have to submit your decks by eight p.m. the night before. There is a an engraved shade glass trophy for the winner, and the players with the best performances from each warband will receive activation tokens. For that warband, and let me tell you, because Brandon sent me some of these, his dad sent me some of these. They're pretty nice. Uh, they are they are well well put together. You get four of them, and they have the faction symbol, including ones that GW never put in the OP kits. So if you should bring Magors, and you'll get Magors uh, activation tokens or Far Striders or anything after season two. <laughs> do that worthy cause uh we have two more randall we have the du bois gt back again this is uh november 13th uh sorry 12th and 13th this is up in henrietta new york if you're interested in joining them i think that they only have 20 slots you just go to www.duboisgt.com spelled like an orc would say it uh d-a-b-o-y-z-g-t.com that's a good one. And uh, let's see. Oh, and uh, if you go, you have to play the Bills Brothers. So bring something good. Yep. Yep. Uh, LVO. No clowns. Still happening. What's that? No clowns at the boys. Oh, you can't. You gotta play no. a win. No, you can't. Yep, absolutely. LVO, January 28th through 30th, 2022, obviously, is going to be at the Bally's Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Uh, looks like uh, looks like there's a skirmish on Friday, and then the Grand Clash is Saturday and Sunday. If you're interested in going to that, I'm still contemplating that one because I really want to go. 
it's kind of far. And it's like during the school year. A little tough for me. But that's LasVegasOpen.net, L-A-S-V-A-G-A-S-O-P-E-N at .net. And those are the big tournaments that I've seen kind of going around. I've noticed that there's been a lot of little tournaments going on here and there. So it's starting to bubble. And that's good because we need to definitely be playing this game in person. All right. Randall. What's up? Oh, cool. Let's move on. Let's talk about the universal cards that we see in the Crimson Court pack. Um, let's do a little quick one today. Uh, let's let's go. All right. Uh, do you want to get started? Uh, objectives? Hell yeah. All right. Uh, the first one we like about the objectives, uh, the first one we liked is called Dominant Display. And Dominant Display is one of those, like, end-phase aggro cards that we were really needing at the beginning of uh, the, the Dire Chasm season. And, and this is a pretty good one. It's a duel. Score this in an end-phase if each surviving friendly fighter is in enemy territory. And you also have the Primacy token for two. Uh, yeah. I think that the fact that this is a two score makes it a really good card. I think if it was like just one score, it wouldn't be that great. Yeah. But it's very similar to Bold really... Deeds. Yeah. I think and, that they, you could probably put them together. Yeah. And, you know, rewards you for playing a very aggressive style and getting into your opponent's territory. Both of them do. And you can score a lot of points if you can pull one or both of them off. And I think that with particular warbands, this is particularly better. I feel uh, headcrackers would probably do pretty good because, uh, depending on how you play them, and we'll talk about that next week, um, you're always trying to get the primacy token. There's a lot of cards that you would probably associate with headcrackers to try to pull the primacy token to yourself because, uh, of course, that's how they inspire. And then on top of that, you're probably playing pretty aggressively with them. Or at least that's how I've been playing yeah. so far, to varying success. But uh, also, any sort of aggro warband with a low model count, probably really good here. So I think you definitely play with Crushes. No joke. Well, you definitely um, uh, Crushes, yeah. you know, it might be hard to get everybody in the territory, at least in the first round. But Rippas, you could do this so easily. Oh, Rippas, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And even definitely. with so, Crimson Court itself, you might be able to do it because they're pretty fast. Depends on how you're playing them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, it's a pretty good one. So we like that one. The next one we kind of liked in certain situations is called Leveling Strike. Uh, yeah, this is a Surge Hybrid. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action, which takes an enemy fighter with higher wounds characteristic than each surviving fighter out of action or takes an enemy leader out of action for one. So basically, you have to kill the biggest baddie or the leader, which, right. in some case, you're eventually going to do that if you have particular warmans with lower wound counts. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're taking, for instance, uh, well, you wouldn't take it with Reapers because because uh, Kanan is he's is yeah a he's six. so strong yeah even you'd, though the other guys take it unless he's off the table. Right. Well, you'd want to take this with a warband where all of your guys have three or little right? guys. Well, or, 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 or if there's a lot of twos. So like Miari's actually, this might be pretty good. Yeah. Because, because you, everybody in there it a has three. to be take an enemy fighter with a higher wounds characteristic than each surviving fighter. So you right. don't want to play this in a deck that 
where you're playing somebody that has six plus wounds because you'll be the you know you'll be the the highest wound fighter and you won't be able to score it exactly yeah. but the good thing about this is that even like let's say you are playing let's let's say like miari's versus uh no actually that that was actually a really bad example i was gonna say miari's versus kanan but that actually wouldn't work um so but if you're if you're playing something where you accidentally you know kill the biggest guy before this is in your hand you still have the chance to go after the leader yeah so so you have it you have a door number two which is which is good on this and i think it's okay i think in certain decks with certain um with certain attack profiles again miari's i think is a good is a good one for this mm -hmm. just because you're bound to have one fighter on the other side that's going to have a higher wounds characteristic yeah miari's or starblood stalkers or something like that yeah Clacktrock kind of messes you up a little yeah, but he bit. Yeah, dies though. Like you try to. Yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna brawl with them. Yeah. With a higher increase. Yeah, yeah, because it has to be something that's higher than each surviving yeah, and friendly surviving, fighter. So Clacktrock yeah, so... would get in your way. Yeah. Yeah. If you're. But yeah, I think it's wound. I think it's great with Mayaris because they all have three wounds. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. And again, we didn't say it was a great card, but we can see it. Maybe with them. in Vanguard, you'll see this one. Maybe in Vanguard you'll see this one. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Vanguard's format only sticks around for like another couple of months before they start the new season. Yeah. So it's going to be a little tough to 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 use that anytime soon. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, another one that we saw that was good in particular Warbands is Not So Fast, which is a Surge hybrid. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action, which... Takes an enemy fighter with a higher move characteristic than each surviving fighter out of action, or takes an enemy quarry out of action. Randall, what do you think about this one? Uh, yeah, and you score it for one. And yeah, it's, it's a surge. Yeah, it's pretty nice if you're going for if you, if you have a lot of slow guys on on your team. Right. Um. Yeah, that's basically it. You know, if you if you're running, uh, you know, maybe um, Kynans or uh, the orcs that move right. three. Yep. And then you're because a lot there are, there are a lot of warbands where people move five or like you people try to score um, cover ground or something like that, and uh, you can just kill the the guy that they scored cover ground with and get some of that points, like even yeah, the exactly. score out, yeah. And then it right, also has the uh, so like this one is similar to the other one where it's a, it's a surge that has this like kind of weird condition, but then it also has this like alternate path where you just take a quarry out of action. And there's a lot of quarry yeah. uh, stuff out there. Well, there's a lot of people know? who are making their own fighters quarries for right. a lot of benefit. Yeah, right. A lot of those upgrades that are really good, like like augmented limbs, is really hot right now. Right, and um, and that makes you a quarry as well. Yeah, you shouldn't um, so, have much. You shouldn't have much problem scoring this one if you're playing a warband that has like all three. Yes, yeah, slower movement. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, not bad. Um, and what's next? The next one uh, we like that I've already talked about before last week because we were talking about it specifically for hunger builds in the vampires is Season of Famine, which I honestly think if you're playing vampires and you're playing a hunger build, this is a must-have. Score this in an end phase if surviving fighters have 10 or more hunger counters for two glory 
and then they have the uh, the Crimson Court sitting in the art like they're about to drop a fire metal album. Yeah, and yeah, it and, does look uh, like a, it does look like an album cover for like a it, rock it band. Does. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to say if you're playing a hunger build with them, yeah, you have to have this. It's just you're gonna get ten more. I don't know if I ever played a game with the hunger build on the vampires. I I've, I've played Vanguard version of it. I played a uh, championship version of it, and every time I had, in, unless I was getting absolutely rocked, um, I always had ten hunger counters, no problem. Right. Yep. And then you get two uh, in any end phase for this. Yeah. And it doesn't matter phase, if so. it, if you have you know one surviving fighter or two or three. Like it, it it's it's very flexible. This one, if you're doing the hunter, I have build. yeah. If you have the right cards come out, I have had a situation where I had 12 hunger counters at the end of the first round. Right. Because everybody gets one to start, so that's four already. Yep. And then I had, like, the two you start that with gave four, yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I had Carnivore's All, and I had the one Energy Drain, I think. And so everybody had 12. So I could have scored that in the first round. Yeah, the Energy Drain it, gives everybody near him one, right? So that's, like, another four, potentially. Yeah, exactly. If if you set up properly, yeah. So okay. you can get this. There's just saying that there's a lot of ways you can get this, and even though it's a generic for some reason, it's really good in the uh, the Crimson Court. Yep. Do you think the All hunger right, build? Uh, do you think the hunger build is the strongest build for now that you've played them a little more? Um. Well, I stopped playing them after we did the episode because now I have to start playing oh, the okay, damn works. Okay. But you, but, but you've gotten so, a lot of games I've, in with the Crimson Court. I got a lot of games in with them. Um. I. 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 I enjoyed it. I. I had fun. Um. I had to open up an old uh pack of tokens because I was you using were running like out of tokens. I was using like pennies and stuff as like hunger counters because I was getting like seven hundred hunger counters and I'm like <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on here. And uh, yeah, no, I mean they're they're fun. I think that they're much better in Vanguard because when I played them, um, when I played them Championship, you're going up against you know things from. I, I think this is a problem between the two, you know, modes of play. It's just that when you open it up to the older factions, you know, it's they're not as balanced as as Season Four is encapsulated by itself. You know, so uh, so it's a little bit more difficult to play against. You know, stuff like Grimwatch and 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 uh, and and Crushes and all those other guys that are just like going around bopping stuff or just you know sitting on objectives and playing passively. Uh, so, but but in but in the Vanguard format, I think they're very strong. Got it. And I think that that build in particular is 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 pretty strong. Yeah. All right. So the next one we have here is Supreme Confidence. This is a surge. Score this immediately after you discard the primacy token if your warband holds one or more objectives in enemy territory. I don't think this is a super great card, but I think it's good with headcrackers. Because they're in, in headcrackers, you have the ability to discard the primacy token. You're, you're going to take cards that... Because you want to like pick it up and give it away and pick it up and give it away as much as you can. So that you can inspire your fighters. Uh, so this might be worth taking. Um, so it's, I think it's only good if you're playing aggressively and you have ways of doing that. Right. And it's, yeah, it's whenever you discard, so that would be, 
at the end phase? Oh yeah. So this is a question that that I have. So so that's another thing. Is does it count in the end phase? Because they still haven't really said when primacy, you know, triggers. Like where do you pick it up? Where do you where do you lose it? If you are standing on one at the end of the round and you had the primacy token, I would assume that since the primacy token is discarded at the end of the round, that you would actually score this when the end phase is completely complete before the next round starts because you do... It says on the card, and I, I put the card away, actually. But it says on the card that, that you discard the primacy token at the end of the round, so that would be at the end of the end phase. Right. So I assume you score it then? It, that needs to be FAQ'd for sure. Right, well, but it does say that when you score the primacy token, you quote-unquote discard it. It says the word discard. Right. Yes. So you would score it at that point, and it's a, sur it's a surge, so you drop again afterwards. You drop a third card, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But that definitely needs to be FAQ'd, because I think a lot of people would be yeah, confused by that. Kind of I, a... I'm still not entirely certain that that's how it works, but that, I mean, rules as written, that is how it works. But the better way to do this is by doing doing something that forces you to discard the primacy token during the round, which to get some right. kind of benefit. And there are a lot of cards like that. There are and cards that do that. they're yeah. very useful in the Headcrackers faction. I think just because that's the only one where discarding the um, discarding the the primacy token might be to an advantage. Yeah, you definitely. I don't think you would take this card and just as like if you're just running like orcs or something like that, and you're like, oh, I I get the primacy token a lot, so I'll take this. I don't I don't think that's where you want to run this. I think you want to run this in a in a deck that leverages the gaining the primacy token and then and then spending it, quote unquote, you know, spending. Yeah. On on some kind of card condition, unless then, that's then how the FAQ the... is gonna call it, right? Because then it becomes like a like a one glory end phase card in effect. Plus, it's actually not as good because you will because if that order is correct, where you get it um, because you discard the primacy token at the end of the round, then it ends up being something that you score after you've upgraded your fighters. You know, so like yeah. the, the timing, instead of being before you upgrade your fighters, like an end phase card would be, it would be afterwards when you discard the primacy token. So, um, so actually it's a little bit weaker than that in that case. Right. I don't know. Just interesting card. Not, not, not a super great card, but maybe in a certain situations. Would you like to move on? Yep. Ploys. Uh, the first one that we have here is blood soaked ground. Ploy reaction, play this after an attack action or gambit that takes this fighter out of action. If that fighter was in the same hex as a feature token, flip that token. If that fighter was an enemy fighter, gain one spent glory point. So okay. you play this after an attack action or gambit that takes a fighter, and it doesn't matter what, what fighter it is, yours or theirs. Yeah, it could be your own. Yeah. And if that fighter was in the same hex as a feature token, you flip the token. And so, if that fighter was an enemy fighter, you gain one spent glory. So you're getting an extra spent glory on top of killing somebody, but also uh, flipping an objective token that your own fighter was on, which is interesting in a Feed the Beast Grave style deck where you're trying to flip all the objective tokens over. Right. And I'm not certain because I haven't played enough against them or with them, like how... 
prevalent Feed the Beast Grave is as a style right now after the big FAQ. I'm uh, uh-huh. sorry, after the big um, uh, update to the FAR. Uh, so I don't know how strong this is. I don't know if people are like playing it, but if people are playing it, I, I believe that this would be something you would want to put in there. Yeah. Now, how good do you think the second condition is where if you, if you kill an enemy fighter, you gain a spent glory point? Do you think that's worth nah. using a ploy for nah. to get a, to I get think a it's spent a, No, 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 because I think that that's a nice bonus. I think that that's a nice bonus. I think that if you're playing Feed the Beast Grave, you're going to put your own guys on stuff. Mm. So, uh, you know... That that makes a lot of sense because you, you're in control of your fighters, but you're not really in control of your opponent's fighters so much unless you're playing with, you know, distraction and other stuff that to move them around. So it, it might require a little bit more, you know, a few more pl- ploy slots to kind of make this worth it. And then, of course, this has to be up at the time when the situation arises. So I think that if you're playing Feed the Beast Grave, uh, then, then you take it. And the gain one spent glory point is just a nice little bonus if it happens. I think that that, you, that really the reason why you would take this is if you're trying to flip tokens. Got it. Yeah. Interesting card. So figured we'd yeah, interesting, it. interesting. All right, the next one we thought might be pretty good, specific to certain decks, is claim to supremacy, and this says at the end of the next activation. The player whose warband holds the highest number of objectives gains the primacy token. And I feel as though this is actually not too bad for headcrackers as kind of like an inspiration strikes kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, because again, you gain the primacy token if, uh, sorry, that's how you inspire your, your, your fighters. So if you have this in your hand and you notice that, oh, I can stand here and they, unless they have Slick Rock, <laughs> which they might, uh, I will definitely be standing there so I can play Claim to Supremacy. It telegraphs your move quite a bit, but uh, but I think in most cases, people are not really going to have some sort of counterplay to that unless they have, you know, objective moving stuff. Or, you know, they'd have to spend a card to stop you, basically. So it might just, like, kind of, like, pull that card out of their hand uh, as a, you know, side note, uh, like a side bonus. But uh, if you're playing Headcrackers, this might be a way that you can inspire your your fellows. Yeah, it's not that difficult to set up and Mm -mm. access kind of like, just like you said, just a way to inspire in the power phase, which is pretty nice for them. Well, I don't. It's at, it's at the end of the next activation, so they would still inspire at the same time. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be it would be after. Well, you do it on their turn. You do you do it on you their do it in power, their power, power phase. Yeah, right. after they do their move, you do you play this, and then you can even move on to something right then, and then get it. Or if you're already standing in an objective, you can play it and then like knock somebody else off an objective. Yep. To. Uh, to, to make it happen as well. So there's, I think that there's some ways to do this, but it's basically like just a soft inspiration strikes. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool for them. Yeah, it's all right. I don't think it's amazing for other warbands, but if you're playing headcrackers, uh, you might want to consider this one. Uh, the next one is Invincible Aspects. Spell Gambit for two channels says, if cast, choose one friendly fighter within two hexes of the caster, heal two, and gain the primacy token. 
think that this is decent for Headcrackers again, only because now that I've been playing them, getting ready for our next episode, I feel as though the heal two is kind of a big deal because they get they don't have a very good defense profile, uh-huh. any of them really. Uh, so so they get banged up, and and having that heal two might be helpful for, for them. And then on top of that, you gain the primacy token if you if you cast it. it, it two two channels is like a coin flip. I think it's like a little bit under fifty percent. It's like forty eight percent or something like that. So fifty uh, fifty to get two really good things, plus you get the primacy token, which could score you something. Plus you get to yeah, heal inspire, a guy. Yeah. Plus you get to inspire somebody because obviously you know you need to have head crack on the field in order to, in order to have this because otherwise it's a dead card but um it might be worth looking at i'm gonna try it out and see if it's any good and uh, and we'll report back to you in the next episode but uh i'm looking at going maybe there's a very high right. reward for just the 50 for very high risk also yeah. yeah exactly and i think it really only feels good for them i i or rather you're gonna get the most mileage out of it if if that's your warband yep or okay. if you're just using the spend the primacy token things. All right, the next one that we were looking at was this one called Irresistible Hunger. This is a card I was using in my hunger build on and off uh, with the vampires. So, uh, Randall, take it away. Irresistible Hunger says, choose one friendly fighter, give that fighter one hunger counter, then push one enemy fighter within two hexes of that fighter, one hex towards that fighter. Or if that friendly fighter has two or more hunger counters, push each enemy fighter within two hexes of that fighter up to one hex towards that fighter. So it's a lot of words on here, but basically you choose a fighter, give it a hunger token. Then if they have two, then it's kind of like a center of attention sort of effect. Right. And if it's one, it's just like a distraction Distraction towards towards you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So basically it just, it turns your vampire with hunger counters into the sort of like, sort of like vortex and it just like pulls everything in. So this is really good in the in the hunger build in certain cases. So I, there's a lot of utility if the if the situation arises, but otherwise sometimes I, I found that I didn't really get as much utility out of it as I would like to, which is why it was kind of a bubble card for me. Um, but but it's interesting on on Velis because if she has two hunger counters, you can use this, pull everybody in. That would be her third token, and then she would get bloodlusted and then be able to scythe everybody. So there, there, there was some utility here if you're playing that hunger aggro build. And uh, if, if you're playing that, I would recommend this. Otherwise, I don't really see the use of it. Right. Yeah. But it's, but it's good for now, that. Now, you said it's off and on you use this. What, what, what do you think I, just like if uh, yeah, because the utility is very like situation dependent. Um, I don't think I would. I, I don't think it's an auto include. I don't think I would just throw it in no matter what. But I, if I had the ploy slot, that it's a good ploy to like have as your as your as your tenth. All right. Yeah, but the thing is, and I, I think that this is true of the dire chasm season is that a lot of the they've been trying to like pull the power levels down on things. You know, so a lot of things have a lot of conditions, and they're yeah. trying to make it so that nothing is going to eventually, you know, get restricted if they can help it. So I feel as though uh, we're, we're picking things because we need stuff to, you know, we, we want to be able to talk about certain cards and stuff, but uh, a lot of them seem to be very situational and a lot of them have a lot of stipulations. So there's not a lot of runaway, like, killer cards this season. 
Mm-hmm. Not a lot. There are a few, but they're not a, not as many as there have been in earlier. Yeah, in earlier seasons where there's like a lot of restricted stuff. Like last year, a lot of stuff was very strong. Um. All right. Next one. Speaking of cards that are actually pretty good, I think that this one, uh, punching up, is oh, actually a, a really great card. Yeah, this yeah. is a ploy. It says choose one fighter with the lowest wounds characteristic of any surviving fighters. In the next activation, that fighter is a hunter and has plus one dice, plus one damage to their range one and range two attack actions. Oh, plus one dice and plus one damage for a dangle bro. Yeah. Well, what if you have a lot of dangle bros in your group? Maybe you're playing Reapers. Maybe you're playing Lizardmen. Maybe you're playing Grimwatch. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're playing Thorns of the Briar Queen. There's a lot of groups that have really low wound guys. Now, really, oh, also really great if you pair it with uh, with the uh, with the uh, upgrade weapons. So, for instance, if you're playing like one of those groups, put Soultooth Dagger or you know uh, you know uh, Amberbone anything yeah. onto one of those guys. Throw this on there. And you have a killer attack from a little guy. Uh, exactly, yeah. It w- works yeah. great with those attack action upgrades that you're going to put on your Dangle Bros anyway. And then you right. can, you know, pop this and get plus one dice and damage. Getting the extra dice is really That's significant. That's a lot. Yeah. Think it has about to be a range having one or two, though. So it can't be the. Um... It can't be a, yeah. a bow, right? But I mean, think about having like Soul Tooth Dagger, where you have four. Well, we'll talk about Soul Tooth Dagger in a minute, where you have like four on Furies plus one damage. It's already a two plus one for if you roll a crit, which you might on four dice. So dice, yeah. I'm just saying, it's like you can potentially one shot, you know, a four wound fighter with this card. Um, think about a. Four dice on hammers, three damage attack with Amberbone Sword. Yeah. It just combos really well in that case. So as long as you have little guys. Now, here is the infinite sadness that I experienced playing against Soul Raid. The second that fish goes out on the table... He's the lowest fighter, yeah. He's the lowest one, because he's the only fighter I know of that has one damage. One wound. This is a dead card. I played this card with the... Uh, uh, who was it with? It was with the Lizardmen against Soul Raid, and I, I just wept when this card showed up in my hand. I'm like, oh, this is literally the worst warband to play this against. Because <laughs> you can't kill that goddamn fish. Yeah, he just so, comes back. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So in, unless you're playing Soul Raid, this is a great card against Soul Raid. Yeah, and you definitely take it. Don't take it with Soul Raid because he, your lowest wound guy can't attack. So he can't attack. Mm. Amazing Goddamn fish. All right. So on to upgrades. Yeah, we like this one called Arm to the Teeth. Arm to the Teeth says, this fighter's range 1 attack actions have knockback 1. This fighter's range 2 attack actions have ensnare. And this fighter's range 3 attack actions have cleave. I don't like this in every warband. Right. But I like it in some. Who do you like it with? I like it with Rippa's 
or possibly Mayari's purifiers, or maybe Headcracker's mob. And the reason for that is because they have a bunch of attack actions that are already in different ranges, yeah. and especially a lots of twos and threes, which is, I think, where you get the most mileage out of this card, is if you have a lot of twos and threes. So, uh, in, and in each one of those warbands that we mentioned, that's, that's what we see. I don't know if the knockback is super helpful, but Ensnare and Cleave are very strong. Well, in, in uh, Ripa specifically, you could either put this on Stabit, and then he would have knockback on his jaws and ensnare on his uh, spear attack. Right. And you could also put it on Ripa. If you put it on Ripa himself, then he will have knockback on his regular melee attack, the jaws, and then he also does have a bow right. that he can use. So it's pretty nice. And then in... Uh, in Mayari's uh, Bananagrams has a range two attack that so has Cleave, Mayari. right? I believe it has Cleave. Yeah. So you could give the, they could um, have Cleave, and it's, if he's inspired, I think it has Cleave, right? Yeah, it has Cleave. Let me check that. Hold up. Um, um, yeah. So, but you you'd put it on. You know, you could put it on. Uh, nope. Okay, so it's just it doesn't have it doesn't it doesn't have something it doesn't have Cleave when he's inspired. Nope, it just checks. Okay. Nope. No, I, um, Aelin, I think, has cleave when she's inspired. Okay. Yeah, okay. she does. But that's a range one attack. That's a range one. Yeah. And then Sinella has cleave on her three anyway. So I don't really. Oh well. It's it's cleave if it's, you if it's you three use the plus, one of right? them. Yeah. So if you use so if you use the big one like the lofted bow, oh, with that you'd still get the cleave, and then you'd have like four or five range depending on what's going on there. Yeah. So, but with Cleave. The big thing so, is yeah. giving Bahanar ensnare. That's huge. I think that that would be a little bit bigger, yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you have a lot of range two and range three attacks that, that, that lack the, those two keywords, you might want to consider this. I would say this is probably a bubble card. I think that this is kind of like something that you might cut like at the very end because, uh, you know, ensnare in, in and Cleave are just so great for accuracy. But um, I, I can see this being cut. But again, there's not a whole lot of like obvious pillar cards in this season. So so it's like we're, we're kind of mentioning more bubble cards. Oh, you know what this that. would be good in? Maybe the uh, those new guys, the Glaive Wraith Stalkers, the, the new okay. Nighthaunt guys from the new Oh, the Wraith Creepers? Yeah, yeah, because the, they all have range too. I think they all have range too. Yeah, and then so yeah. you could put it on any of them and they would have Ensnare. On their attack. Yeah, that's just pretty, which is pretty good. I mean, they're already pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one we liked was Silent Helm. This is one of the Silent Relics. Silent Relics. So this one says, oh. Silent Helm, Silent Relic. This fighter is a quarry. If this fighter is a quarry, each time this fighter is the target of an attack action, one crit in the attack roll is considered to be a success instead of a critical success. And then it says if this fighter has three or more silent relics, you can re-roll one dice in the fighter's defense roll. So okay, really so good defense is... upgrade, yeah. Yeah, and of course John Rees is crying silently at the uh, lack of useful Maybe crits. not silently. Well, I'm a silent well, helm. Well, it's the silent helm. Ah, damn, okay. Right. See? Ah! So, uh, yes. So, but of course, it's only the first crit, and then it gets turned into a regular success, not a... Uh, not a fail, yeah. 
not a fail, right? So but at it's least not you can like, defend against that. Right, much yeah. easier to defend against. And then, of course, if you have three or more, ooh, that's a lot. I think some of the other silent relics that have to look like only say two uh-huh. uh, for to get the secondary thing, but you can do the reroll. And there are some people who have been putting some of the silent relics together, especially the silent ring, which allows you to uh, to get like to draw cards up. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I see this getting some use if you're putting silent relics in, especially. I don't know if you would use it all by itself. Sure. Um, and I think it's a little, str- it's obviously stronger if you have more defense dice rolls. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and it, it also makes you a quarry, which is nice. And getting, yeah. you know, having, being the ability to turn off crits is pretty, pretty powerful. Strong. Yeah, like, uh, pretty strong. Th- you know, there are also like bonus effects that happen if you do roll a crit, which this turns off. And you know, just in terms of like an overall defense focus card, I think this is nice when you pair it with other stuff like Great Fortitude and makes a guy very difficult to kill. And it has a really cool picture in the artwork of the bad guy from Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, Lord, I feel, Lord I feel Zed like or whatever yeah. his name is. Right? No, I got it. I don't. Zod? No, Zod? That's, oh, no that's, that's, that's Superman. Superman. I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. So, you know, it's kind of funny because there's a lot of Power Rangers going on in my house, and you would think that I would know. Well, this but is I the old school Power Rangers, I just... not the... This is like season yeah. one of Power Rangers, not whatever they it's got on Netflix. On. It's on Netflix. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, we have that. And then, of course, it's really good if you're uh, getting attacked by uh, the Soul Tooth Dagger, which is our next one. Tell us about the Soul Tooth this, Dagger. This card is awesome. Tell us Von Fane yeah. is just looking, looking you know, full, you know, uh, what's her name? It was uh, with the, the, the Catherine Hahn character from uh, from uh, WandaVision. Oh, okay. She looks like the witch, yeah, from that. Really so great. Anyway, this one is Soul Tooth Dagger makes you a hunter, which all the other Soul Tooths do. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an uh, attack action upgrade. Range one, three furies, two damage. Then it says plus one damage on a critical hit. You can re-roll one dice in the attack roll if the target has one or more move and or charge tokens. So this is similar to other uh, attack action upgrade daggers that we've seen in the past, all the way back to Shade Glass Dagger and the fact that it has three dice and does two damage but then goes up one more damage if you get a crit. Mm -hmm. And then it has the additional bonus effects of it being soul tooth which means that you become a hunter and you get to re-roll one of the dice if the target has moved or charged already right and of course this pairs really well with punching up as we said before it pairs really well with uh, any card that'll throw uh you know move tokens or charge tokens at things um, sure. So yeah, it, it, and it's it's really strong. It's just a very good attack action upgrade. And the other thing is, it doesn't disappear. It's not like the amber. You don't discard where it. You yeah, use yeah. It, you have to discard it. So it's really good on you know. It's really good on Grimwatch. It's really good on Lizardmen. It's really good on anything. Any of those little guys. I think it really is a a, a big one. Sure. And there's less Especially drawbacks to being guys. There's less drawbacks to being a hunter than there is to being a quarry. Mm. And it could also maybe turn off your opponent's ability to score that one, what's it called? The endless hunt or whatever, where you have more hunters than your opponent. Yeah, right. 
Um, another thing it can do, there's that card that gives you was a Savage Visage where you have as many uh, as many rerolls as you have the Hunter. Uh, thing, oh yeah, you get right? yeah because because it says the word Hunter on it, then it improves the right. the effectiveness. So of you that get upgrade, right. Yeah. So you would get a second. So if you had that and this, you'd be able to reroll everything if you were attacking against like something that had to move or a charge token. Right, right. So it would be full rerolls. Uh, so I, I could see it has a lot of utility, and I think that this is this is a pretty great attack action. Yeah, upgrade. all the Soul Tooth uh, weapons are very good. And this They're, one is yeah. one of the better ones. So yeah, really good. If you're playing, if you're playing a, a warband that has some Dangle Bros that you want to be able to have them deal some real damage. Yeah, beef them up. Pretty awesome. It's good stuff. This, All right, this, this, uh, this is the best card in the set, I think. In the, well, in we're gonna get to that in a minute. We're yeah. gonna get to that in a minute. All right, the next one we have is another attack action upgrade that I think is okay. Uh, and this is, I don't think it's great. It's interesting. Uh, is Tremendous Maul. Tremendous Maul is a attack action upgrade with range 2, 2 smashes for 2 damage. It has cleave and knockback 2 if you have the primacy token. So the knockback 2 is kind of whatever, but having cleave on, on a 2 range attack is pretty nice. I mean, if you can set it up with like a lethal hex and kind of get the right angle, it's actually not that bad. I think this is pretty good if you're playing something aggro with uh, like a horde, but playing more aggro with the primacy stuff. And then, of course, it might actually just be good in headcrackers, because uh, let me tell you something. That archer guy is not that great. <laughs> He's like really tough to play with uh -huh. and doesn't deal a lot of damage and is not super accurate. And putting a, a 2 2 2 on him. On smashes rather than swords, which is what the uh, which is what his native attack is when he's not inspired, might be worth having because because he could really use some help. So, just saying, uh, tremendous small. Is it a great card? Not in most decks, but I think in certain cases it, it's worth taking a look. All right, so that's that. Let's uh, let's get to the card awards. Uh, of course, we have the unintentionally sexual card name, and we have quite a few nominees and the nominees uh and and randall i know that this is your favorite is uh bountiful baits but yep there's some more let's let's talk about it uh dominant display if you're into that sort of thing Dummy. Uh, um really great advice is uh not so fast yeah slow some down people, you know slow, down. slow and easy exactly. slow and easy let's enjoy ourselves skin and bones says skin on it you love skin yep. and bones. I get it. Narrowing passage. Yeah, that's what happens when uh, I show up. Everybody narrows up. Oh, boy. Everybody clenches. Yikes. A lot of clenching. And then uh, Tremendous Maul, I, I think, is, right. is pretty good. And uh, you're going with Bountiful Bait, Enormous. right? Yeah, Bountiful Bait is definitely my favorite. I don't understand why that's so, so good for you. But all right. I guess that's, you know, people like what they like. I'm gonna go. You get a lot out of it, you know. It's very funny. bountiful. Oh, oh, all right. A lot comes sure. out. Dominant display, also tremendous small. I'm gonna go tremendous small. All okay, right. Fine. So the Tome of Offering Awards, and this is the card you buy the expansion for. And I think that we kind of made it very clear that punching up or maybe soul tooth dagger are kind of the ones, and neither of them got restricted. It's the dagger. So I think it's the. You think it's the dagger? Yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, but th the thing is that both of them are kind of really good, but only if you're playing with like little guys. I think I don't think you put like Soul Tooth Dagger on like Moloch. Right. Like you can only do it if you're playing little dudes. But uh, but both of them are good, and it makes uh, it makes some of the Horde Warbands a little bit better in that case. Uh, it's the expansion. So... It's the card you buy the expansion for, but you can't buy the expansion because it's. No, I I heard that they're that they're re-releasing it. So, so I don't know. We should go look at that. Um, all right. Then we have the Paradox Armor Award, which is the shittiest cards in the set. And uh, we had a few uh, a few of them. Here we go. First one is called Magical Mauling, which is a Oh, this surge. one says, uh, Surge, score this immediately after a friendly fighter spell deals three or more damage, which is pretty tough to do. A lot of yeah. how are you gonna get three well, damage? Three damage from a spell card is very difficult to do. You'd have to like there's there's some that do it well, there's some that do it, but you have to like there there's a lot of conditions you have to meet. Like you have to roll crits or like hit multiple right. people at the same time. And then the right. other thing would be if you were somehow able to get more damage onto like uh curse breakers inspired attack or something like that. Oh yeah. But they haven't or... made the, yeah, and it only really works with curse breakers because they don't typically make like uh ranged spell actions to damage mm. anymore well miari has that yeah um, inspired miari inspired miari yeah and then but then you'd have to also put like glory seeker on him or something yeah so um, tough to zarsha? do zarsha can do it zarsha can do it well I, I wonder if like what if she what if she suffers backlash during the attack does that count as a third I don't think that counts as the is spell she... dealing damage to you. I think that's just you take down. Uh, uh, after the spell attack, deals three or more damage. Death. So you'd. I so wonder you'd... if it comes from her. Nobody's gonna play with her anyway. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um. So let's see. Uh, who else has? Let's go to the next one. Skin and bones. Yeah. It says oh. hybrid. Skin... Score this in the end phase if one or more for enemy fighters has a number of hunger counters equal to or greater than their wounds characteristic. Or there is no surviving enemy fighters with a wounds characteristic of three or more. So for how many? For one. So for one. For one. Yeah. It's and it's not a surge. Yep. You have to either be playing against vampires. Yeah, or playing against playing a hunger build. Yeah, or playing against or, thorns of the or Briar wipe Queen out everybody. Killed, yeah, th thorns All of the Briar of Queen, and you've killed everybody except ch the chain rasps. Right, or 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 you've wiped out Magoras, or you've yeah. killed, yeah, killed uh, everyone, I guess. Yeah. or you've killed a, a Malog. Pretty dumb, right? Dumb. Then we All have right. this. Uh, the the last one is called Famished, Famished Familiar, which is Ugh. an upgrade restricted to wizards, and it says reaction yeah. after this fighter's casting roll, deal one damage to this fighter and give this fighter one hunger counter. If you do, you can reroll one dice in that casting roll. So it it basically lets you. It lets you re-roll a hunger. Uh, I'm sorry. It lets you re-roll a casting dice when you want to cast a spell, but you take a damage. And 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 there's no guarantee it will give you a, a success. Yeah. It's so you're just, you might just take yeah. damage for nothing. You might re-roll into a second crit and hurt yourself. Which one of these bothers you the most? Bothers me. Yeah, which one is the shittiest card? I I, I don't think Magical probably. Mauling is going to win. I think it should be nominated. Which one? Skin and Bones? Yeah. Skin okay, and Bones let's is do pretty that bad. One. Gotcha. 
And then the last one we have is the aggressive defense award, which is the most confusing card. So I think that from a from a like how does this work point of view, Supreme Confidence, which we talked about earlier because we don't know when primacy procs, that might be the one for the I don't know how this works. But then there's the word salad one uh, version, and we say present. Yeah, let me, let me read this one. This is an upgrade. Yeah, it says, it. this fighter is a quarry. If this fighter is a quarry, this fighter could make the following reaction. Reaction after yeah. an enemy fighter's activation. If that fighter is two hexes from this fighter, or if that fighter has three or more hunger counters, push that fighter one hex towards this fighter. So it's if, after an after enemy, enemy fighter's fighter, activation, if that fighter is two hexes from, from this, this fighter, fighter. Unlikely. You push it. So it's after their action. If they're within two yeah. hexes, you can push them one more towards you. On an or do you, wait, do you push yourself towards them? Or do you push them towards you? You you push them towards you. One hex. Push that fighter, the other one. Okay. Towards this fighter, and this is the... I hate it when they do that. Yeah, so it's, they, it's, tough, to, fighter, it's tough to figure out, yeah. Fighter, it's, yeah, it's like, I, I, I never know which one they're talking about. But it ends up being, like, an upgrade, which is on the table and easy for your opponent to play around. Yeah, just and don't do it near them. All it does is it makes it push them one towards you, which might not, I don't know, you might not want to do that. If you're two, two away, if they're two away... And they finish their activation two away from you. Then you can just pull them closer to you yeah. and then maybe attack them. But most them, of the time, but... they'll finish their activation adjacent to you and they'll be attacking you, I feel like. Yeah, it's not even that good. Doesn't matter. All right, so there we go. And those are the the universals from the Crimson Court expansion. And the next time we see everybody here, we're going to be talking about the Headcrackers Mad Mob, which has been just a delight to play test. For you guys yeah you think so no <laughs> <laughs> no i'm really tanking in the vassal league right now because these guys are tough but we'll talk about it you'll get it all right randall so uh I'll, we'll see you next time yep right we did it yep all right everybody we'll we be did seeing it. you next time with a review of the head crackers mad mob so, so so many cards i have to throw in there just to get that Primacy token. Yep. Hand it around. The old primacy. All right, yes. let's take it out. And they have just incredible defense and attack profiles. Incredible. Anyway, we'll discuss that next time. All right, everybody. So for Battle for Salvation, this is Max Bernstein. This is Randall Slate. And we'll see you all next time. All right.